curious about grad school? Asking all of your parents, friends, and their kids, but still not clear on what this thing is about? Wondering whether you have to want to go into the field that you choose to pursue a graduate degree in? Oh, and are you a person of color? If you say yes to any of these questions, you found yourself in the right place. This is a podcast for all things grad school, and if you're a person of color, you're in even more luck because I hear you. Welcome to this podcast where every episode contains tidbits of information for how you can decide whether this adventure is for you, how to pursue it while maintaining your own sanity, and how to come out successful, compassionate, to make the world a better place, and happy. My name is Krithi Talam, and I'll be your most honored host. Welcome to this Brown Girl's Guide to Succeeding in Graduate School. Hello, my TVG3 listeners. It has been a minute. In light of the graduate school conversations, I must admit it's been quite the month. As we find a way forward despite COVID-19, my school has begun shifting back into in-person sessions, and so I had to make a few major life transitions. First, I moved cities. Second, I submitted a paper. So lots of deadlines to push through these last couple of months or so. Oh, and I'm finally going back into the lab. So I've just started to readjust my schedule and actually plan for, you know, commutes and all of that. Very foreign. All this is to say, I thank you for your patience in me getting out another episode of TBG3. And I am so excited to be back and eternally grateful for your support. I'm thrilled to share another episode with you today. So let us begin with a TBG3 spotlight. Welcome, Rasa. I actually had a chance to interview the co-founder of the company, Rasa, for my other podcast, The Anthropositive Outlook. It's all about environmental heroes, actually, so definitely go check it out if you're into that kind of stuff, which you should all be, because without environmental conservation awareness, our species is doomed. And second, I just love Rasa so much that I also wanted to spotlight them here. Rasa is a coffee alternative made of herbs that give you everything that coffee cannot. Their mission is twofold, to change the way we energize and help shift our productivity-obsessed culture away from burnout and towards energy intelligence, and to set a new standard for a sustainable business in the process. They're a public benefit corporation with a commitment to every part of their supply chain, from sourcing sustainable herbs from traditional growing regions to pioneering sustainable packaging in the coffee category. You can find out more at wearerasa.com. That's wearerasa.com. Today, I am really excited to dive further into some more personalized topics, actually. Up until now, we have focused on some of the bigger questions that most of us ask when it comes to grad school. But having gotten through a majority of them, I'll shift gears into the more specialized concerns and requests that I've received about not just surviving in, but succeeding through grad school. In addition, to help listeners sort through these episodes in case you want to skip around, I continue to keep a flavor of chronology in the topics such that if you are deeper into your grad path, check out the later episodes in this series. And if you're earlier, then vice versa. 
So on that chipper note, how about we talk about what in the world to do once your first day of grad school arrives? Even though I'm a pandemic graduate student, I still experienced a lot of the same fears and confusions, if not more, than a grad student who started in a quote-unquote normal year. I didn't really have any connections, faculty or student or staff, and I didn't really know how to navigate my way around. Relatable? (laughs) Of course. This happens to all of us in any new job or school, so I wanted to take some time to delve into that. I also want to add that if you're listening to this and you feel worried because you haven't necessarily done a lot of things I talk about today, it is okay. Every single grad school experience goes differently, and ultimately, it is important that you do what works for you. One of the first things I did in order to get more familiar with my program was begin to understand more about the faculty and the research that I had a chance to get involved in. Now, I know you're probably thinking, yeah, obviously, but it's not quite that simple. So let's back up and see how we can tackle this first conundrum. The one thing that you will probably have down before your first day of grad school is classes. So let's start there. The thing that I would say about classes is that they are a great opportunity to learn more about relevant faculty research, as well as faculty personalities in case you are interested in later working with them. I would also say the same thing about the teaching assistants. Teaching assistants could end up becoming mentors during your time in this degree, and so I highly recommend keeping an eye out for such mentors. So in summary, classes are a really great way to learn a little bit more about your school and within the relevant degree courses that you are taking to learn more about the faculty and their teaching assistants. Classes are also a really great way to learn more about the research that you might be interested in, so that even if you don't work with a specific faculty member, you might have context to a possible research topic. In fact, to give one example, I took a statistics course last year and worked very closely with that faculty member, and I got to know them a bit more. Today, I'm actually requesting them to be on my committee now. I will give more content, more context to committees later, But for now, it's basically helpful to know that committees are pretty much faculty that will observe you for the rest of your graduate career and support you through it, especially in a PhD program where that's multiple years you're talking about. So anyway, the reason that I felt comfortable requesting that from him is because he also got to know me enough where that relationship now made sense. So this is just to give context to understand long-term how faculty or research subjects or teaching assistants, and by the way, teaching assistants are essentially graduate students, could come handy in guiding you through the grad school process, even if that's in small parts or just initially, because one connection can and likely will lead to another. Another thing that I would add about classes, actually, is that there are they are a good chance for you to feel out which courses you might possibly want to TA yourself later in your grad career path. When, when I say TA, I'm talking about teaching assistant yourself. Most programs, master or PhD, require that you serve as a teaching assistant for at least one term, and this will depend on your program. But paying attention to these courses in case you find it so fun that you're like, I'd love to TA this down the road. It's also a great reason to pay attention to courses and how they're taught and the content. Finally, the one last thing I'll add here is that classes are a great chance to make friends. 
One topic I will talk more about later is how valuable good support systems will be for grad school, whether you consider that your friends or your family or your therapist or your mentors. Knowing other students in your department or school will be a good chance for you to know more about what what others in your cohorts or older or younger cohorts are doing, some research that you could get involved in, and even some friends to hang out with outside of the graduate program. That time is also extremely valuable, and I will talk more about work-life balance in future episodes, so definitely look out for that. I should also take the time to note here that in a PhD program in the United States, most will require majority coursework for the first one to two years. In master's programs, students are typically required to take courses throughout their time in the program, but details and durations vary. For instance, in my case as a PhD student, I am required to take a specific amount of courses and I can take them throughout my time as a PhD student here. So for me, what was important was to take those courses slowly throughout my degree so that I could get to know more about certain faculty, more about research topics, actually learn the material from those courses as well as I can and get to know some other students and spend time with them. And that has become really beneficial to my choice in my research topic, knowing what I'm potentially interested in and making friends along the way and other good connections. In fact, this is another topic I will get down, I will talk about more down the road, which is understanding what you are not interested in while doing, in doing, excuse me, while you think about your grad school path. Okay. So enough with the classes. The next thing that I believe is really important when starting out your grad degree is to make the time to meet one-on-one with faculty in your department and to join, selectively of course, some organizations or student clubs to familiarize yourself with the social environment of your department or cohort. Meeting one-on-one with faculty was a terrific way for me to introduce myself to them while learning more about their research, while getting a chance to possibly showcase my own interests, and why I even reached out to them if relevant, and also a chance to get to learn a bit more from someone who's been at this university that I'm at for longer than I have in terms of resources, scholarships, lab opportunities, and more. If you're a master's, if you're in a master's program, or even a postdoc for that matter, those degrees move by really quickly. You're looking at one to three years maximum. So getting to know your department can happen even quicker and even smarter by talking to faculty and getting to know, to understand more about your program or potential research. And faculty can also serve as wonderful mentors and committee members down the road. So should a connection pan out to be fruitful for the both of you and that faculty member, You could also have them for support either way with a recommendation letter or to be part of your committee or to be part of other parts of your grad journey. Now, some programs require you to have selected an advisor before coming into the program. So one of the reasons for meeting with faculty could either also be to pick out your advisor, say if you don't come into the program with one, but let's say you do have a primary advisor, right? Since that seems like a trickier and a bigger situation for like, well, why bother looking at faculty then? Well, here's one of the biggest reasons I recommend getting to know other faculty outside of your primary advisor if you have one. And that's, you can go always go to them for support if you don't feel like you're able to go to your primary advisor. 
Now, most of us would like to think that this wouldn't be us, and I hope it's never you. I hope you're always comfortable talking to your primary advisor, but it is always good to have support outside of your lab and outside of that primary person who will be supporting you. In all honesty, a good, strong support system goes a very long way. The next thing that I want to loop back into is joining student organizations. Although grad school can be a very busy time with research and so much more, and I don't recommend that you spread too thin, I also do recommend joining at least one, maybe maximum two, three student groups or organizations that give you an opportunity to mingle, work with, learn from, and spend time with students who are potentially outside of the specific research that you do on a day-to-day basis. I recommend this because of something I brought up earlier, that the time that you take away from your degree is just as important as the time that you take pursuing that degree. It is going to be very helpful to have social groups that you can meet up with after your work day and discuss topics that you have a lot of interest in, but maybe you're not pursuing for that degree. It could also be very related to your graduate degree, but it would be a fun way for you to potentially get to know other students on a more regular basis. I, for instance, am part of a couple of marine biology book clubs because I really enjoy learning more about marine biology through narrative. I'm also part of a science policy group because I really enjoy learning more about the policy implications of some of the climate change work that I'm interested in. But I also have done intramural soccer, so I think it's really important to find a wide array of interests and hobbies and passions and and people who you can lean on for extracurricular activities, for a network, for support, and really just to move your headspace in different places other than purely your research. Now, another piece of important advice that I have probably found to be one of the most useful in my grad experience is speaking to senior members or graduated members of lab groups that I'm interested in being involved with. I say this for a few reasons. For instance, when I was searching for committee members, instead of just reaching out to those faculty and speaking with them for a little bit, I also reached out to senior graduate students to learn more about how is that faculty member in the lab? How do you like that person as a faculty and a PI? What is it like to work with that faculty member? And so much more. And at this point, I will take the opportunity to distinguish with you that students who have recently graduated from labs also have a lot less on the line in terms of what they can share and will probably be able to be a little bit more honest with you, while students who are still in the lab do still have a duty to that lab and that faculty. So I recommend you talk with both types of students, whomever you can connect with. I also always recommend taking every opinion, including mine, with a grain of salt. The second reason I say this is because you're, you're going to have so many questions throughout your graduate degree, no, ma- no matter whether, whether it's a one-year-long or a six-year-long program. And it's really going to be really useful to have a series of older students you can go to for a variety of reasons. You may need some advice on scholarships, or you might want to talk about DEI, or on a faculty, or picking a committee, or just managing your own time while in grad school, or how best to spend your first year. So mentors who have themselves gone through this process very recently will be able to share their experiences with you and give you context to some possible routes or resources that you can take advantage of. Actually, last year, I reached out to a mentor of mine about a scholarship, and they put me in touch with a recent awardee of that scholarship. And later, I actually found out that that awardee was on the review committee for it. And as much as she had very little influence in the selected award uh, process for the awardees for this year, 
She also had already known who I was and knew what I was doing in that field. And so if anything, I had somebody who knew a little bit about me on that selection committee. So there's all kinds of reasons that you would never really see necessarily coming that a grad student mentor could be a wonderful support system and resource. Now, there is something I want to add here. Despite the fact that I am sharing all these methods to get to know more people and more opportunities on your campus, also realize that you can and should always feel free to say no when something is not working out for you. I feel like this is not often said as much as the last 10 minutes of content I've been providing you, which is like, go try all these different things. But if a mentor or a social group or a study group or a faculty member is not panning out to be something that you found valuable or useful, and, and even more so maybe if it's been challenging, you have the full liberty to disconnect or discontinue from that opportunity in order to be conscientious of your time and your energy and your mental health. So don't feel like when you get into these opportunities, you have no choice but to stay in them. I personally really felt that way a lot, and so I often overburdened myself. So I encourage you to mostly feel out the water and then go ahead and think carefully before you dive into certain opportunities long term. I think it's really important to note here that often grad school can seem like a pretty isolated journey. Typically, all students feel this way at some point. If it goes unchecked, you could start to feel a lot of self-doubt. And if it goes unchecked for a long time, a lot of students can end up dropping out or feeling depressed. Now, this is a heavy topic, and I want to be sensitive to it. The reason, though, that I bring it up is in light of finding your network at your grad school program and in sharing a summary of some ways that we can continue to establish that network during our years in grad school. So that is my hope. So remember, number one, ask senior graduate students and recently graduated students and faculty to introduce you to peers and other mentors who have similar interests to you. Number two, attend graduate department functions and um, events. There will be seminar series, happy hours, and other events in a grad school program. And the more you attend those with the time that you have, the more you will get to know people in your departments better. And number three, talk with faculty one-on-one and get to know them better. Remember, you don't just have to ask questions about their research. You can ask questions about work-life balance, about recommendations for newer students in grad school, first-generation students in grad school, for recommendations for other faculty who have similar interests to you, and a lot more. So faculty and grad student mentors concern a variety of reasons in your life and your time as a grad student. And number four, if you can... I encourage you to join student clubs and organizations that you find meaningful in order to also maintain a series of interests outside of your research and your lab, and in order to diversify your support system and keep your balance of both work and extracurriculars. And the last piece of advice I will give here, which I think happens a little bit down the road, is also to start at some point help organizing events for students so that you can get to know some of the leadership in social clubs or departments or otherwise. So if you were to help organize a happy hour, for instance, or say a departmental speaker series, or just bring us, you know, a single speaker, host a single speaker, you'll find yourself within that network, um, within the department or program leaders of a given community or, you know, um, department in the on campus who are also striving to give back to their communities. Okay, <laughs> deep breath. All of this said, 
There's a lot to adjust to when you first come into a grad program. If you are a student of color, a first-generation student, a low-income student, a woman of color, or any one of the URM groups that I failed to mention here, there is also a whole other set of challenges that I think each of us face personally that we are also overcoming as well. And this is why for you, even more so, I highly recommend finding that support group. And I definitely don't just mean a research support group. Of course, I'm talking about a social and a mental health network of people who get to know more about you, who come to care for you, and who can come support you throughout your time as a grad student. Now, I want to also highlight here that this burden, this should not fall as a burden on students in URM or BIPOC groups. This is more my personal recommendation of what truly helped me through some of my most challenging moments in grad school. There were points in my graduate degree, even being so early in my degree, I'm still able to share that unfortunately there were times where I just thought, you know, it was not going to work out for me. And the reason that I think I really made it through was because I had a tight knit network of friends, families, family and mentors who I was able to go to though for a lot of challenging situations with a very, very judgment free environment and with a lot of support for solutions. And I'll talk more about some of the solutions and I'll go into, I know I'm being very vague right now. I'll go into some solutions in later episodes, but I do want to point out how valuable this was for me and probably was the number one reason I am where I am today. And I have to say where I am today is in a really amazing place. I also want to highlight that grad school will never be free of challenging situations because academia itself has a lot to work on, frankly. So that's why I highlight that it's going to be really important to prioritize our mental health above almost all else throughout the degree that you're pursuing. And if you do that, I think you will get to watch yourself blossom from a starry-eyed caterpillar to a strong, experienced butterfly who can then serve as a mentor and scientist for future generations to come. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of This Brown Girl's Guide. To follow us, please find us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts with the same title. You are also welcome to email us with questions and ideas at thisbrowng3, the number three, at gmail.com. Thank you 